Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data from your live streams. So if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out podmetrics.co. Once again, that is podmetrics.co and sign up for free. So whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode 1 to episodes 2, 3, 4, 100, 150, and beyond, Podmetrics can help you get to know your show and your listeners that much better. You can check it out today and sign up at podmetrics.co. Once again, that's podmetrics.co. And you can use my referral code on deck. That's O-N-D-E-C-K, just one word. And you can get a head start into the wonderful world of Podmetrics. Welcome to On Deck with Stan C. This is a radio podcast. It's also an entertainment podcast. And at the end of the day, it's a life podcast. And life for me as a radio DJ in the time of the pandemic has been pretty weird. Very up and down, actually. You know, last week, I just got to celebrate a really big high, a big victory. Because I signed with Solar Entertainment Corporation and... I joined them officially as the male imaging voice of ETC, one of their channels. I'm not new to it because I used to do it for Second Avenue a few years ago until the channel ultimately shut down. And I'm just really thankful that I was able to make a decent enough impression, I guess, on the producers and that they remembered me and that they liked my audition again and that I have this opportunity once again to be part of a TV network as a station voice. It's one of the many side jobs that we get as radio DJs to help put food on the table, to help with the savings. And, you know, with the instability of everything going on with the pandemic, it's just a blessing that I can't help but celebrate. So, you know, thank you to everybody who showed me love and who supported me uh, as I've been trying to find my way, figure out my way through this pandemic. Now, I say that life as a radio DJ has been very up and down because one of the downs is I've just been having a hard time with coming up with topics to talk about on The Morning Takeover, which is the morning show I host on Wave 89.1 alongside Debbie. We always talk, even when the mics are off, and we brainstorm and kick around these topics that we can use on air. But after over two years of doing The Morning Show, 
And having that format that we have for our topics where you just fill in the blank with whatever your response is, I guess I'm hitting a point where it's becoming kind of repetitive. And I don't like it. And it's kind of hard to break out of that funk. And I think this is what staying at home for the last half year has done to me. I haven't seen my friends in a long-ass time. My social interactions have been so limited that I think... Everything we're talking about as friends, whether it's with old friends I haven't caught up with in a very long time or the friends that I keep talking to on the regular, and that's kind of showing in the things I get to talk about on air. And I'm saying this to you, I'm opening up to you about this, I guess, because I just need to acknowledge it. The fact that I just need to acknowledge it. I'm running out of topics to talk about, everything is getting repetitive. And I'm having a hard time pulling stuff out of my ass. And you know, as my guest for this week would say, it's probably because I don't have enough bound. It's probably because I haven't been consuming enough material and information to keep in my head to give me something to talk about. On that note, I guess that's a good way to introduce my guest for this week. His name is Noel Zarate. And you may actually be familiar with his voice from Radio PBA or Radio Cinco whenever they'd have their radio broadcasts on 92.3 News FM. I remember in the time before the pandemic, I would just tag along at games and watch him do his thing. I'd be sitting there right beside the setup at the MOA Arena or at the Smart Araneta Coliseum. And in between quarter breaks or timeouts or halftime or post-game, I just ask a lot of questions and I just take it all in. That said, he's definitely somebody I consider a mentor in my young sports casting career. He's also somebody who I met a couple of years ago when I took his workshop called the Newbies Broadcasting Academy, or the NBA. <laughs> Get it? Uh, I, I took his workshop alongside my partners at the time, Chiki Verhel and DJ Chloe, when we were doing the morning takeover on Wave. And we all just did it uh, to you know spend some time together. And the funny thing about that workshop was I really went to that workshop because I wanted to pursue a career in sportscasting, and I still do, even though we live in the time of the pandemic. And I would say that that sportscasting workshop that weekend was really formative in helping me improve as a broadcaster, helping me get my foundations right as a sportscaster, and I would say that it really equipped me into doing a lot of the things that I've done since. What I didn't know heading into that weekend was it would also be the last bonding experience I would have with Chloe and Chicky as a trio. You see, three months before that, we had been put together on the morning takeover on Wave, and I was riding high because to me, Chloe and Chicky were two of the best partners I'd had to that point, and I was having a lot of fun. They were having a lot of fun. We really enjoyed each other's company. We were talking a lot when the mics were on, and even more when the mics were off. Like Our personalities just really blended well together. And unbeknownst to me, Chicky was already on her way out of Wave. In fact, she would tell me just a few days after the workshop that she was already quitting and that she was finally pursuing her dream of being a newscaster on One News, where she currently is. That was kind of heartbreaking and bittersweet to look back on. And, you know, for Chloe, we would be together for another two or three weeks until she decided that she had to leave as well. Because she was going to go to Doha in Qatar to join her husband as they try to settle down and start a family over there. After that, I would end up being paired with Cheska Litton. And that's another story altogether. A really, really good story that's part of my radio career. But I'll probably get to that if and when I get her on this podcast. For now, though, I'm going to be talking to Noel Zarate, 
who was the guy behind the Newbies Broadcasting Academy, the guy who gave me, Chicky and Chloe, our last bonding experience as a trio over the course of that weekend. He's also a guy whose voice you probably hear a lot on TV because he is the imaging voice for Solar Sports. So growing up, I was hearing his voice already, and then when I would go and watch live basketball games, I'd hear his voice over there too, because he's one of the public address announcers at arenas like the MOA Arena or the Smart Araneta Coliseum when there are PBA games. I think he's also done college sports. I'm sure he's done volleyball because uh, I've seen him at PSL. He's also a sportscaster on TV, having appeared on cam for leagues like the PBA, the PSL, the ABL or the SAN Basketball League. He's covered the SEA Games. He's covered uh, FIBA Championships. And he's been all around the region, actually, covering sports, not just basketball and volleyball, but when he was telling us about the SEA Games, he was even telling us about how he can cover these really obscure sports that aren't mainstream, like netball or water polo or penchak silat. So it's really interesting, just the amount of knowledge that's inside Noel Zarate's head. We'll get to talk all about that along with his origin story. Before that, though... Let me tell you once again that voter registration is something I'm really passionate about, especially now that we're heading into potentially the most important election in our lifetime. So we have a little less than a year, 11 months, three weeks, and a few days before voter registration is over. That ends September 20, 2021. For the love of God or whatever you believe in, please don't wait too long. Don't wait until then, until you register. You can actually do it as early as now. In fact, the people over at VotePilipinas.com have put together all the steps and they've made it as simple as possible to get your ass there to register to vote, all right? So if you want to register for the very first time because you're either turning 18 or you changed your name for whatever reason or you moved addresses for whatever reason, all you have to do is to download and fill out the form, find and visit your nearest active local office of the election officer or OEO. Don't sign the form just yet because you have to do that in front of the election officer at the Comelec office. Then you have to submit your filled out application form to the Comelec officer, get your biometrics done, and then you'll receive your acknowledgement receipt. And all you have to do is wait for the application to be approved by the election registration board. So there you have it. Please register. Please be a voter and take part in the election process. Because like I said, uh, we don't even know what's going to happen after 2022. But the least we can do is have a say in it. So please go out there and register. And when the time comes, go out and vote. On that note, let me bring you my conversation with the great Noel Zarate. He's on deck. This week's episode of On Deck is going to take a bit of a detour from where we normally take the episodes just because my guest is someone whose time in radio, or his experience in radio rather, is so different from what I'm used to. And that's why I'm really excited to get into this with him. He's a voice that you're probably familiar hearing um, at sports events, particularly at basketball or boxing events, even volleyball actually. You've seen him on TV, heard him on the radio, and you've heard him announce live at stadiums and arenas. He is a veteran in the sports casting industry and somebody I look up to as a mentor and an expert in the field. Please welcome to On Deck, Mr. Noel Zarate. How's it going, Stan? Nice of you to invite me, and it's great to be here. I've heard so much about the show, and it's an honor to finally be on it. <laughs> for, for a show that's only ran for like 10 episodes, including a long <laughs> two-month hiatus, uh, that's yeah. high praise. Thank you, I yeah. appreciate it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I noticed the Andy Garcia haircut you've going on, uh, you've got going on right now. Probably a result of the pandemic, isn't it? It is a result of the pandemic. You know, uh, my wife has not uh, allowed uh, me or anybody in this house to go to any barber shop or any salon. So uh, they've been doing each other's hair, and I said, no, I'm not gonna have you do my hair. I will just wait until it's okay to see my barber. So technically, the last time I had a haircut was March seven of this year, namana of this yeah. year. <laughs> so that's six months. Six months, yeah. That's I mean, a long time. That's a long time to go without it. It hasn't grown as much, you know. And I was sharing, I think I shared a picture with you before when I started out uh, in PBA radio in 1997. I had long, long hair. I don't know if I shared that picture with you. You told me the story, but I haven't seen the photo itself. I think it's somewhere on the internet. And I think we're getting halfway there already with this one. But everybody's trying to stay safe. And I think that's our family's version of staying safe. Don't go to places we're not sure of, like our barbershops or our beauty parlors and stuff like that. But so far, no one's gotten sick. And let's hope it stays that way in this house. I mean, that's a positive, right? Something yeah. positive but to take away given all the uncertainty and the negativity mm-hmm. of the pandemic. Um, yeah. But I want to ask about you. Like, what's been keeping you busy while we've all been stuck at home? Last April, uh, we actually started our very own vodcast. I mean, I, people my age don't usually do that. But we had a, we had a, a discussion with, with a couple of friends. Uh, Charlie Kuna, who is also a sportscaster for ESPN5, and Sid Ventura, who is our managing editor at ESPN5.com. And we just sort of got together and said, hey, let's do a nostalgia show. So we came up with this nostalgia show, uh, guesting some of the OGs of Philippine basketball. Not even Philippine basketball. We had an NBA guest uh, a couple of uh, episodes ago. Uh, so we're calling it an eternity of basketball, which is a joke at the line. And uh, we've ran already through, I think, 44 episodes already since April. And it's had some sort of its own cult following of OGs from around the world. So, uh, yeah, we've been, we've been busy with that. Um, uh, also did, uh, doing some writing as well and uh, try to help out also some other people. I do have an auction site that, that uh, a lot of athletes have uh, supported also by giving part of their memorabilia. Uh, auctioning the and the funds will go, of course, to a lot to the people who, like me, have been sidelined by the pandemic, uh, especially the sports, because you know our cameramen, our producers, and uh, some of our talents also haven't been mm-hmm. uh, able to work uh, regularly. So, uh, besides being creative and trying to sell food in this house, we're also uh, getting into that uh, into, into the auction. And I'm surprised that the number of athletes who have actually supported this. And uh, we've uh, raised a pretty good amount. And I think it ends in September. So we'll be able to distribute already by, by October. I actually want to get into that. Uh, the whole being sidelined by the pandemic. And this is something that both you and I can relate to. Because both mm-hmm. of our livelihoods hinge heavily on live events. And just being around people. And that energy that comes with being in an arena or at an events place. Filled with, uh, filled with people and activities. So um, how is it like... Or what's it like just dealing with that, uh, the sensation of being sidelined because we can't have live events, because we can't have sports? Yeah, it's, uh, for a time, it was really depressing, uh, to be honest with you. No, we, um, before we came up uh, with the show in April, uh, I was just trying to keep myself busy with the music video and stuff like that. You know, anything that we can do here from home. Uh, but then, you know, you have to bounce back from it. Yeah, Walanga Sports, uh, there will be soon. Uh, there's, there's already been announcements that the PBA will hold its own bubble we still don't know where, but it's going to be within the next uh, uh, few weeks, about probably four weeks from now. We may restart the season already. Uh, but what we've been uh, doing really is just trying to reinvent ourselves. You know, I've learned how to make cookies, 
for God's sake. <laughs> I've been, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been selling, buying and selling some uh, equipment, uh, musical uh, instruments and equipment, which is something that I actually started with before I got into the sports industry. I was buying and sell of musical instruments. Uh, and also um, some webinars also. That's what I've uh, done. I've, you know, we're part of the Newbies Broadcasting Academy. You're actually, I'm actually uh, proud that you're one of our graduates oh, thank you. of that, uh, of that uh, process. And we're trying to take it online. We've had a few experiments. They've been successful. So uh, hopefully we can adapt to this new normal by you know, presenting webinars on sports broadcasting. In fact, I have one this Saturday in case uh, I'll talk about that later in case some people want to check it out. But, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard not really having sports. It's great that the NBA came back. But before the NBA, it's like I wasn't even watching sports. Too depressed to watch sports, right? Because I would rather be working it than, than watching it. But then you have to come to grips and get the reality and just bounce back and then uh, re- reinvent yourself. And, and here we are. You mentioned reinventing yourself. And you also talked about uh, getting into the realm of podcasting and vodcasting. So for someone like mm-hmm. yourself who's been on the mic and on camera for so many years, what's it like picking up this new skill and exploring this new format? Well, I'm learning a lot from you guys uh, right now. I mean, you've been, you've been doing this a while. Uh, it's a good thing also one of our former grads, his name is Chuck Aranet, has been actually doing vodcasting uh, uh, for over 10 years already uh, with the show from, uh, from the stand. So I'm asking him a lot of, uh, for a lot of advice. Um, we picked up some stuff also when we started out with the show. I was using my phone. I was in my pambahay just walking around the house. I mean, it was <laughs> nothing really formal. And now I have, I have one of these now. I don't know if you see it. It's yeah, a ring the light. ring light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got them myself. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so handy, talaga. Then we, I also have a professional microphone already, so unti unti I'm investing in it already. But at, at the same time, I'd like to admit that I'm still a rookie at it. Um, the only advantage probably our show has over a lot of the other shows is that we're experienced. We know how to ask questions, and we know each other very well. So hindi kami nagsasapawan masyado. But uh, basically, it's uh, something new to me, but it's exciting because you know, at my age, I'm still learning something new. That's incredible. How do you guys deal with things like the unstable internet connections? Especially since, let's face it, the reality of the Philippines is we've got third world internet. The connections yep. suck. So how do you guys yeah. deal with that and not step all, all over each other? Well, we pray a lot uh, <laughs> before the show. No, but one thing, that's, one thing that I've done actually, besides invest in a, in a headset, and of, of course, this microphone that I'm using is actually on loan from a very good friend of mine, Robbie Joseph of Folk Alliance. Thank you for lending me the, the microphone, at least for the entire month. One thing that I've invested in really is uh, the best investment I've made, and I posted this on Facebook the other day, is a 250 peso LAN cable. That is the best investment that I have made this entire pandemic because when we're starting out with our show, nagahanap talaga ako san sa bahay malakas ang internet. And the, yeah. the best place is the most populated place. And I can't have a show in the most populated place. So I just decided I'll just get a LAN cable. I wonder why it took me five months to figure that out. But I did get a LAN cable. Now I don't have any internet issues. The only issue na lang is my co-hosts have internet issues. And uh, being from Antipolo, when it rains here, the yeah. entire city is an internet issue. <laughs> so uh, we don't know when it's going to happen, but when it does happen, we sort of pating sapawan. I mean, uh, one of the things that I advocate talaga is walang sapawan. Yeah. But due to bad internet, you know, I'm asking a question and suddenly, you know, maybe Sid comes in and asks a question. You know, it's not his fault. He was lagging or I was lagging. So those things that we just have to adjust to. And it's a great thing also that three of us in our, our, on the show, our friends, we know that we're not uh, we don't, we don't try to hog the air. 
but it's just an internet issue that we have to work with. And we make a disclaimer all the time. Oh, these things happen talaga. I mean, it's the internet thing. It's not our guest. It's the internet. So we just have to bear with it. And uh, so far, at least over the last few episodes, looks like it's been stable enough the month. But, you know, I don't want to count my laurels yet. Or rest of my laurels yet. All right. Uh, let's. How about we take a detour then from from talking about what we're doing now in the time of the pandemic, and let's yeah. take a trip back to before all of this shit just hit the fan. I want to ask about your career, like how this all began, because uh, I remember these stories about you getting your start in sports casting through radio. Yeah. So, um, how did this all begin for you, and how did radio play a part in uh, starting your career as a sports journalist? Well, actually, I, I wanted to be a sportscaster since I was a kid. I, I think I've told you the story already before. Since I was eight years old, I used to turn down the volume of the TV and I would do my own play-by-play. My father figured out that that would be my path. Uh, but then something happened along the way that uh, it didn't wind up becoming a mass communications in college. I ended up uh, being in the music industry. I actually took up music in college, uh, in, in the UP College of Music. So it was the farthest from my mind to become a broadcaster. I had come out and, and auditioned for the Philippine Basketball League as a courtside and as, as a part-time panelist, but it wasn't really something that I was going to pursue because, uh, you know, Stan, in the music industry, you can make a lot of money if you know what you're doing. If you sell yeah, out, yeah. I mean, if you, if you make commercials, if you make arrangements, if you make film scores, that's a lot of money that, that can be made. But then there was one time uh, we were having uh, the anniversary of our recording studio. I, I remember this was 1997. Uh, then the NBA game was on. The replay of the NBA finals between Utah and, and Chicago was on. And we were all drunk mm-hmm. already at the time. And we were having the, the, the party at our, our place, at our studio. So I did is I muted the volume like I did when I was eight. I did my own play-by-play, a drunken play-by-play. It was hilarious. And I got another friend of mine who did uh, the color commentating. He was so drunk. It was hilarious also. But then during that party, there was actually a producer from uh, this company. I don't know if you remember this company called Vintage Enterprises Incorporated. There was a producer there in that party for Vintage uh-huh. Enterprises Incorporated. She called the office and said, hey, we got to check this guy out. So they made me go to their office. They made, uh, to cut a long story short, they made me audition for this one slot on PBA radio. So you have to remember, I was in the music industry. So I went to the Vintage Enterprises office in my long hair, in my torn jeans, in my fatigue jacket. I don't care what I look like. I was in the music industry. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, to cut a long story short, um, there were 50 of us who auditioned. I got that one spot. Now, they, knew, they knew that I had some prior experience in the PBL, the Philippine Basketball League. So they gave me that shot. And I sucked at it for about a year. And then I slowly started to learn, slowly found a mentor, a couple of mentors. I uh, found a mentor also in Sev Sarmenta eventually who sort of steered me in the right direction. And uh, about a few, like three years later, I was the executive producer already for the radio coverage. So it sort of worked out already that it wasn't the direct path when I was a kid. I, you know, I had to miss it first. And then from music, I went into the sports casting side. And, and so, and it's been very, very, it's been a colorful journey. So much so that in 2010, I stopped music altogether. I seen I retired, well, election I don't pero <laughs> I retired <laughs> from from the music industry permanently already just to concentrate on the lower paying job which is this Before we get to that next question here's another show on Podcast Network Asia you might want to check out after this 
Hi everyone, Stancy here. This is Ro. My name is Chino. And this is Camus. If you're into anything and everything wrestling related, listen to our podcast, The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, available on Spotify and all major podcast platforms. Make sure to follow us on social media at Wrestling2XPod as well. Peace! I'm curious about what the audition process was like because uh, you, you talked about heading into it not caring what you look like. So clearly at the time, uh, how you presented yourself, at least visually, didn't really matter because with the fatigue yeah. and the long hair and all, you still nabbed that one spot. So what was the audition process like in 1997? Can I just add that I might have also been wearing um, um, Birkenstocks? <laughs> so sapatos. I don't know how they let me into that building. But uh, no, the audition process was really, uh, the, when I auditioned in 1997, the building was, uh, it's called Carlos Palanca, uh, the Carlos Palanca building, CPJ building, uh, on obviously Carlos Palanca Avenue in Legaspi Village. You know, they brought us up to the second floor and then we had this huge TV. Wala pang LED at the time, this is 97, right? So we had this huge TV and they just played a game. I, it was Shell versus somebody. Uh, I, I forgot the, the other team. So what they did is they just made me sit and then they made me do a little bit of play-by-play, -play. okay? And then at the end of the first timeout, okay, you do analysis, naman. let's see how your, your, uh, your, they called it at the time, I didn't understand what they were saying, let's see how your pendulum works. Okay. Now, now I understand, now you understand what that word is, at the time I didn't understand it. So they, they checked that out and then, so after that, okay, lang kuwe. and then two weeks later, they said, could you drop by again? So I thought, okay, maybe they're trying to narrow it down. So I did the audition once again, this time with a different partner, uh, pretty much the same. You watch the game. It's like uh, you're watching Sbinati nowadays. You're doing a 2K 2K party. Right? Yeah. <laughs> then you're just doing a, you're doing your play by play on 2K. That's pretty much how it worked also. So I auditioned twice uh, for that. Then they made me come back the third time. Well, I audition. They announced already that I had gotten the the job. But it was just like that. Just they they give you a snippet of the game and then you do your best to make the play by play happen. I think in the second time they made me do a whole game already. The second time I went there. So that was I pretty much had an idea already. Okay, I think I might make it to the to the finals of this audition. Uh, but uh, you know, lo and behold, the long-haired guy got the job. For most listeners, uh, they're probably familiar with the image or with the sound of two announcers or two commentators going back and forth. So you have the play-by-play -play yeah. guy, then you have the analyst. But for the, uh, for the uninitiated, how do you best break down the differences in the nuances and the roles of uh, those two guys? Well, actually, I'll talk about that this Saturday, but I'll, I'll, I'll pick, pick out a little bit of... It's easy, really. It's really easy. Um, it's just the, the anchor man or the play-by-play -play guy, uh, something you and I are very familiar with. Mm -hmm. uh, it just explains what happened and what did not happen. It's what and what, what happened, what did not happen, and uh, what is going to happen next. Yeah. Or, or what? It's always a factual account of what happened on the court. The other guy, we call him the color commentator. If he's not called an analyst, because that it's called play-by-play -play and then color commentator. So the color commentator, uh, because not play-by-play, so black and white, yeah. right? So the color commentator inserts a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, his input, and it's usually the question that is answered there is the why part, right. right? Why it happened? Why it didn't happen? Why this is going to happen next? And that's how they establish their pendulum because here's the what, why, why, uh, uh, what, uh, what didn't happen. Here's why it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. All right, so ganon, ganon yung relationship nila dalawa. I never knew that that was the etymology of the word color commentator. Now it's contrasted mm -hmm. with the play-by-play. Now -play. very black and white. So I, I learned something yeah. new once again. I always wonder, <laughs> bakit ko color guy? So there, now I know. Yeah. It's nice to know that there are yeah. no 
uh, hindi siya racially <laughs> racially related. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Really, really. Because the play-by-play guy, uh, one of the rules, actually, uh, w- when you get into the industries, one of the rules of play-by-play is that you're not allowed to insert your own opinion. Of course, that's been a little bit more flexible uh, in, in recent years. But uh, especially if you're friends and you know each other very well, uh, we hear this a lot now, but usually it was always just what happened and then the caller commentator says why mm-hmm. it happened. That's the separation of their task, really. How easy or how difficult was it for you to pick it up? Because you said that uh, you, you only found your mentors when you were already on the job. You were learning on the job, right? So how easy or how mm-hmm. difficult was it to yeah. have somebody coaching you while you were also being paid to actually do the job? Well, um, what I used to do, because I really, before I even auditioned, I knew it was PBA radio I was auditioning for. So I was already listening to some of the coverages. Even before I went to CPJ for the first time, I said, okay, I think they're going to get me for this radio spot. So I, I better just listen to how they do it. So I was just surprised at the amount of words fired in radio pala. That's the big difference between radio and TV. If you're doing a TV coverage, except of course in your case, Stan, I've, I watched you work, you're alone. You have to fire a lot of words. But if you're working with a partner and you have a video reference, you're using a lot less words than those who are doing the radio broadcast. In fact, I would venture to say that the radio broadcast is 1,000 more words than the TV per game because you're dealing with a blind audience. And that's the first thing that struck me. It's very descriptive. So I have to now not only be more descriptive, I now have to sharpen my Tagalog. (laughs) Because, I mean, you and I grew up in a time where... Um, or we, were not, we were not trained in the Tagalog language. We had to pick that up eventually. So our first language is English. And then when I started picking up Tagalog, it accelerated when I was in UP. Because in UP, when you're English, you're social, right? Or in my time, Konyo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we, when you get into the UP, you pick up the Tagalog language more. But it's a lot more pressure on radio because now you have some words that, are, that don't belong to radio. They may be colorful, mm-hmm. but they don't belong there. Or you might misuse them. So now your vocabulary has to be a little rich uh, when it comes to, to the radio broadcast. Plus, there's the speed factor also. Yeah. Because in TV, you have a video reference. Again, I'll talk about this on Saturday. On TV, you have a video reference. You can take your time. You can, I can have a conversation with you. There are three ducks already that happened. We won't even have to talk about that. But for radio, you miss one of those three ducks, you could get suspended. So that means you have to be as descriptive as possible uh, doing sports on radio and uh, very descriptive, very clear, very fast. In fact, that's one of the things I keep on telling guys who want to enter the radio coverage, you got to lose your filter. There's a filter up there that makes you process stuff. Yeah. Okay? Now, in radio, you don't have time to process stuff. And when it happens, it has to see from eyes to mouth instantly. And the only way that you're going to do that real fast is to either take out that filter or put it somewhere there that you know you're, it's going to go back. Don't worry. I'll put you back in later. Uh, but there are a lot of responsibilities with that also. So you know, I, I don't know if I'm making sense to, to, to everybody uh, talking about that filter that I say you have to turn off. But in radio, descriptive, uh, fast, and, and uh, all of that, I had to learn that real quick. So to answer your question, I sucked at it for about a year because I did have this voice. I believe it or not, I didn't have this voice. When I started out, I think in my first month, they said, you sound like Kinito. They told okay. me. They told Kinito me. Henson. I sound like Kinito Henson, who has a high voice. Yeah. I thought I'd sound like Kinito. That, means, that, make me, that could make me seem smart or sound smart. No, that's not it. I had a, I had a high voice that he did for radio. So I had to work 
I'm making this voice this low over the years. It took me three years actually to achieve where it is right now. And then the next 20 years trying to keep it at this, uh, at this um, level. How do you achieve that baritone? Um, well, um, it's, your vocal cords is actually a muscle. And I, I think I already mentioned this uh, to you before. It's, uh, if yeah. you train it to do a certain thing, it will do a certain thing uh, over time. It's like you're, you're an alcoholic, you give 20, I give you 28 days, you're not an alcoholic anymore. Just follow a certain program. Uh, for, with regards to the voice that I use right now, which is a baritone, I used to be tenor one in the choir. I used to sing Goo Goo Dolls and you to no effort. Now I can't even get halfway <laughs> there because I have to sacrifice to do this voice. Diba? What I used to do lang is I used to just read the newspaper in the, when you do your morning thing. You're in the bathroom okay. with the acoustics of, all, of everything like that and then read the newspaper and then try to go lower, 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 lower. So much so that I got uh, the PBA job in 1997. In 2000, uh, sound design, uh, the recording studio, uh, called yeah. me up and said, um, because I've, I've been submitting regularly my voice samples over the years. I didn't know it was evolving, but they called me up. Could you do this uh, audition for, I don't know if you guys remember this, Blast Internet? <laughs> I now I do. Blast internet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dialogue, Now I do. The dialogue card, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Kaliga ng Pacific Internet. Yeah. They, they made us do this, this audition for, for Blast Internet. And when I saw the script, I was looking at, where's the, uh, where's the AOB guy? Um, no, you're not the AOB guy. You're, where's the MVO guy? No, you're not the MVO guy. Your character. Oh, really? Who am I? I'm the voice of God. Uh -huh. uh, on, the, on the Blast Internet thing. And... And I had just voiced a bunch of teenage yuppie commercials a month ago. So they're saying, oh, if you can do this, then you might open up a whole new, a whole new thing. So I, I'd like right. to thank Zed Maghirang, actually. Zed gave me that, that opportunity in 2000. So they made me read the, the, the Blast Internet. And lo and behold, I got that. And after that, I had a bunch of Voice of God commercials come in. So I had known already at the time that my voice had now moved from tenor one to B2. Real quick, <laughs> in a span of three years, because of what I was doing, and because I made a concerted effort to make it lower. So it's really, it's really like working out yung, uh, the other muscles in your body, right? Yes. Like your chest, your your yeah. triceps, your biceps, mm -hmm. your quads, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, what about the filter though? Because that's something I'm curious about, especially having known you and seen you when the mics are off, when the camera's not rolling. So uh, the Noel Zarate, when the mics are off, uh, yeah, when the mics are off is a guy who can be a potty mouth. And let's say, let, let's say right. there's, a, there's a really exhilarating play for someone like me. I go, Uy, putang ina, na-block ni yeah. yung, yung yeah, yeah, Jamal yeah. Murray, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, I, I can't shake that out. And sometimes I really have to make a conscious effort to not cuss when the mic is live. Mm -hmm. So uh, how do you take out that filter but not be the guy when the mics are off that is a potty mouth. You know what? I, I'm, I'm actually, when I was watching you, I already knew that you found a way to take out the filter. And I knew you were struggling to, because uh, you've taken out that safeguard that our parents had installed to keep us from cussing, to keep us from speaking our mind, right? The thing is, because it's the speed of the game, especially on radio. Um, you are, you're processing it. And, and one, one of my disadvantages also is I never grew up in the Tagalog language. So I still have a translate filter on. So there's still a yeah. microsecond that I still have to go through the translate filter before it comes out verbally. So see, yeah. translate. And in that translate filter, I know that when I'm translating it, the word putangina is not present. Okay. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but if I grew up in the Tagalog language, perhaps, and then I took out the filter uh, from, see to, from seeing to, to verbalizing it. I could be in trouble 
because if, if mura is part of my vocabulary, then it might come out. But since that microsecond that it has to go through a translate filter pa from, from English to Tagalog and then verbalize, that's what probably keeps me from cussing on air. And there have been times I've really come close to, to cussing on air. Uh, but uh -huh. it, it's just like, because yeah, it, that microsecond of the delay gave you gave me enough time to oops okay gotta step back people some people i taught who uh, to lose the filter i now have and i have to work with them hinahawakan ko talaga sa hita when i know they're about to lose it how do you know okay i know where you're going with this because alam mo yan eh pag nagsasalita ka pag papunta ka na sa mura there are certain words already that you're that you're gonna say papunta ka na yeah. sa mura and then i hear okay. that from like say a partner of mine like say alan gregorio Diba? I know he said the, the way he's using his words paseta na sa mura, I'm gonna hold him na sa hita because I know okay now now you have to be conscious all right a grown right. man just held your legs now you have to be <laughs> conscious that you are now back in the reality of watching and covering a game and not about to diba? not about to tell them uh, what your what your mind is telling you to say right now so there, there the filter for me uh, to answer your question I have the advantage of the translate filter parin. Not, yeah. uh, not allowing me to make Mura. However, if it was in English and I have to do radio, and I have done this in the ASEAN Basketball League uh, when we do our straight English broadcast, I really have to slow down. Because if I talk fast and then that filter is off, and then I sp I'm thinking in English, I'm speaking in English, there is nothing to stop it already. Right. Out. So what I do is I really slow things down and then I give a lot of air time to my analyst, which is an advantage of, of uh, video naman. I give a lot of yeah. air time to my analyst so I can take a deep breath and just re relax again and, and, and go back at it. Have you ever cussed on air, whether on TV or on radio? And if you have, how did you deal with the fallout? Uh, not really cussed uh, on air, but uh, I, I've said a lot of things that I regret. It was actually a conscious, uh, conscious stuff that I've uh, said. Uh, just. Uh, owned up to it. Uh, that's that's what I usually do. So, pag, pag nahuli ka, hey, why'd you say this? I, I said that. I apologize. I take responsibility for it. There have been times I was suspended because of the stuff that I was saying. But to make mura on air has never been something yet that that uh, that has happened to me because I'm conscious now. When um, I don't know if you can relate to this, Stan. When before you do a game, is there a switch that you flick on and off? You you flick it off your your uh, citizen stand. Now you sit in front of the uh, of the crowd, put on the headset, and now your broadcaster stand. Do you have a switch like that? Yeah, I kind of do. Like the act of putting on the headset mm -hmm. is like my way of putting myself in character. Yeah, I think if, if that's where you're going. Yeah, with that's it. it. That's it. But I have a switch also. The moment I put on a headset, I I remember this very clearly from last year. Uh, Alan Gregorio is an old, old friend of mine. We're almost the same age. He's older, by the way. We're almost the same age. <laughs> and then we were, although we're both from UP. And, and you're being from UP, you know what the language is, diba? Yeah. In UP. So we were, we were talking like, like regular 80s UP guys. And then the producer taps us, oh, game na, game na. I remember firing one more Mura before putting on the headset and everything changed. So that's the switch already. The moment I put on the headset, I am now the broadcaster. I'm now going to work. And I hear Alan's voice in my headset. He's broadcaster already. Now I, he's not my friend anymore. We are now co-commentators uh, co of a game. So mm -hmm. that, that, I, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, uh, it, it actually kind of did. Mm -hmm. so let's talk about partners now. Because in conventional radio, you normally have, uh, I would say, between five and ten partners if you have a long career, right? Mm -hmm. But in your case... 
as a sports announcer and someone who does sports radio, you have a multitude of partners, way more than I would probably ever see in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with that? Like developing chemistry with so many different people and then you're on air with, let's say, Alan Gregorio today and then the next day you have to go on air with another personality who's, uh, whose persona is way different from the person you were just with the other day. Yeah, uh, you're talking about probably if I was going to do a game with Alan Gregorio and probably the next day, uh, next day I'll do a game with Mozi Ravenna. That's like, even if it's the same age range, it's a completely different dynamic. Uh, especially if I have to work with a, a younger partner, like say a Denise Tan, um, who's, who's a volleyball player, very articulate, but she has a different way of uh, saying, uh, delivering stuff. You saw, when, when I work with a new person, work with somebody the first time, I try to get as much out of the person. And I, again, I'll talk about this on Saturday. You're asking all of the stuff in my syllabus. I, you, you picked at it, didn't you? No, the thing is, <laughs> I, I, um, I actually w- get to know the person a lot first. If I know I'm working with a certain person for the first time, uh, I already know of the person. It, 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 you're not usually given the task, the pagdating mo sa, like say you're in Coneta, ask them, oh, partner po today si ganto. It doesn't work that way. Like it's three days before I already know who I'm going to work with. So if I'm okay. going to work with somebody new, like say there was a time that I had to work with um, JV Gayoso, say JV Gayoso, former PBA player, a star at Ateneo, um, didn't have really much of a, a broadcasting background, but then I go through something that I teach in our workshop. It's called a matrix check. All right. So I just see when I talk to him initially, mm-hmm. is he somebody who is dominant? Is he somebody who might take a lot of uh, time talking on the air? Is he going to take, um, is he going to try to control the situation or is he more passive? So that immediately is my determinant. If this guy is more passive, then I'll probably be more aggressive so that we can make a good combination. If this guy is probably more dominant, I'm going to slide down a bit so he can have the airtime that he wants. But again, if you're doing radio, I have to set down some, some rules already. Dude, this is radio. This is 80%, 80% anchor, 20%. So don't worry, we're making the same money. Just relax. And then we'll just exchange stories. I'll just uh, uh, fire a few anecdotes. Like in JV's case, I have a lot of anecdotes. Why did they call you Mr. Excited when you were playing? <laughs> because he was backing up Bong Alvarez is Mr. Excitement. Uh-huh. And when Bong Alvarez would sit down, JV also comes in. It's Mr. Excited. I mean, that was hilarious. But I asked him about that. He said he, he actually got a kick out of that. At least he got known for, for, that, uh, for that name. And then, so I know that this is an easygoing, yeah. happy-go-lucky guy who likes to joke, who likes to exchange stories. Okay, so I'm going to set the energy bar a little high. If he catches up to it, we're going to have a great time. And then all I have to do right now is just steer, control the situation. Right. So that's just one example. What if I'm working with somebody who's more, uh, more withdrawn? Like uh, I remember the, the, this uh, lady I yeah. love to work with in volleyball. Her name is Chiki Pablo. Uh, she's she's the shy type, talaga. I mean, she's okay when there's a lot of people, but when she knows she's broadcasting, she's kind of shy. You know, she doesn't really want to be so gregarious with with the way she talks. So what I have to do now is I have to start leading her in. You have no choice because I am now leading you into this area. Now you're going to have to bring that up. And I guess by the first set, she, the first time we worked together, she was so tired after the first set. I apologize. Sorry, is my energy pitch a little too high? It's okay, but I'm having fun. But she was tired already physically. But we still have two more sets to go. And then at the end of that, she had gotten her second win. It was a great uh, a great process. So basically to answer your question, sorry, but basically to, to answer your question is I just try to get to know the person as much from a matrix check first. 
And then I, I know already because I know two days before that I've been working with this person. I did a background check already. I probably even talked to some of their friends. How is it like working with Ganto Ganto? And then I put all of that together. And then I meet the actual person yeah. and use all of that and then get my data that I'm picking up right now and then mix it up. And then that's it. I, I need 15 to 30 minutes with this person and I'm, I'll be okay. Anybody, anybody, I can work with anybody. Even people they say are, oh, he's a terrible analyst. Oh, he's a terrible anchor. I found, I find ways to actually work with them and it doesn't, um, uh, to, doesn't sound like they're terrible on air. At least they may be terrible people, but on air at that moment, we're, we're, uh, no, we're okay. Hey, the stories are actually good because they at least contextualize a lot of the, a lot mm-hmm. of the tips that you're sharing uh, that you're sharing right now. You know, since we're yeah. on the topic of partners, how do you deal with a really difficult partner, like somebody whose personality you probably don't agree with, or somebody you probably don't really like at all? And like, how do you make it come across that you don't actually hate each other's guts, and that you're able to have a nice, free flowing conversation about the game on hand? You just have to be professional, talaga, about that. Uh, uh, being professional meaning you you know we uh, usually you're, you're wearing suits and when you're wearing the suit I have to work with somebody I don't like and uh, we're wearing suits at this moment I have to be in love with you at this moment okay I don't like you as a person I don't verbalize that diba? I, I I know that I don't really want to work with you let's just get our timing uh, across like that and then you know sometimes I'm I'm working with somebody who I don't like and then they they share a story which sucks, Diva. I don't like this person. Then they share a story that makes me like them. <laughs> I hate that, Diva. I mean, I don't like to work with you. Then they share a story. They humanize themselves. And then uh-huh. they go, naman, oh, you share your own story. You're humanized. You humanize that. And you work so well together that the next day, oh, kamusta si Gato Katrabaho mo? Diba, ano, banong Katrabaho? Then I have to defend him now. <laughs> Because they've been humanized. He's humanized. No, no, no. He's just misunderstood. You know, they start attacking. I mean, I can't defend him fully. But no, it's okay. He's okay. He's misunderstood. Siguro, now that I'm older, I can actually just tell people that they'll probably believe me na he's okay. Pero nung araw na, ano, katrabaho mo siya to. Yeah, he's misunderstood. Ano yan? Paduy pa rin yan. Diba? They have so many things to say about uh, that person. But just to answer your question also is that at that moment, we have to work with each other. I may not like you. And I don't go and confront them. I don't like you, but we have to work with each other. It's not like that. We just, uh, what do you want to talk about today? Start formal muna. Then when you have that matrix check, and then you figure out that you can enter on another level, then do, use that level. And then probably you get comfortable with each other. Bring that on air. Bring the energy up. And then everything's going to follow. So I've had the pleasure of tagging along with you when you've done your PBA radio coverage. I think I did that uh, mm-hmm. for a good couple of months uh, before yeah. this, this pandemic blew over. And I got to see what, uh, what an elaborate production it is. Like you have different people doing everything from the game writers mm-hmm. to the producer to, you know, to the director. And then you guys uh, who, are, who are really just the anchors. And I contrast that with what mm-hmm. I do on the FM format. And it's like, I am my own director, producer, writer, and I'm the broadcaster as well. So I'm, I'm going to go out and say this, but radio presenters here in the Philippines have way more work than in other countries. And we're mm-hmm. so undercompensated for it. So on your end, um, how different is it? Because you've experienced both. You've been an FM broadcaster for a music format. And you've also been an anchor for a sports program where all you really have to do is to call the game and then the script is taken care of. You've got your producer telling you what to do. You've got the director calling the shot. But before you answer that question, let's take a quick break, shall we? 
Are you a big sports fan? If so, make sure to listen to Off the Record with me, Mix Bustos. Together, we'll get up close and personal with the biggest names in the sports industry. Check it out after listening to this episode. Off the Record is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms thanks to Podcast Network Asia. Catch you guys on my show. Yeah, that's for TV usually. What everything you said is right, but if you're doing TV and radio, we have no direction also. So pretty much it's the same as radio. And when you talk about compensation, it's the same banana. <laughs> TV, you know, uh, Magumar John, I guessed it on his show. He has a show called 2OT. Uh, we, we, he started out in radio before he became this really uh, famous uh, TV anchor, probably one of the best in the country right now uh, as, as a TV anchor. But he said something uh, in, in that, that show that I'll never forget. If He said, if radio paid as much as TV, I would have never left radio. That, that is true. And I relate to that, really. When we were starting to get our TV gigs, you know, so, uh, available ka ba sa radio? When I was a lot younger. But nowadays, diba, even if there is a conflict, I mean, ah, pwede ka pa sa volleyball ganito, hindi nakauna ako sa radio. Even if radio is like paying like one-third, one-fourth of what I was supposed to make if I had done the volleyball game. Because the, the, the radio, it takes a lot of commitment sa radio. When you when you were with me, uh, tailing, uh, tagging along, maybe in Cuneta, maybe in Araneta, or something like that, um, you see that we do have scripts, diba? There, there are some yeah. people who talk to us, and we have a radio producer, we have a radio stats guy. That's it. And yeah, but our yeah. radio producer is just somebody who's going to tell us, okay, it's commercial time, or you have to say this at this time. He doesn't give us general direction unless we're really screwing up. When we're screwing up, okay. he just probably say, Ibagalan nyo. Oy, tawa na naman kayo ng tawa. Ganun lang naman nyo. Para siyang, ano, eh, para siyang coach. Eh. Ganun lang naman. But, but, all of the research we do, I do personally the night before. So when I get there, I'm just acclimatizing. I'm not cramming anymore. I, do the, I, I have to put in as much research, as much as the TV people do the research also. And, and the, now you have to do the same game, but you're speaking 1,000 more words than the, yeah. TV, than the TV people. And I don't have any problem with them getting paid higher as long as we just do a good job presenting the game to people. And you, you know this, Stan, one of my, my um, uh, mantras in life uh, in this job is to educate and entertain. And that's why I probably never even left radio, uh, even if there's opportunities for like a TV, more, more TV gigs. No, si paano radio? Ko parate, paano radio? Eh, may tao naman sa gato. Eh, di, pag wala. At least ako standby ako sa radio. It's always where my roots were. And I always tell everybody who wants to become a, a sportscaster is the best training you will ever get is doing sports on radio. Nothing will ever, ever replace that. So all of these young guys, Chuck, Carlo, Jatsu, Carlo Pamituan, Jatsulit, uh, Juan Banal, they all went through radio before they, hit that, the, before they hit TV. And they've become so good at it already. But again, radio is the roots and you're undercompensated and we don't have producers no, who do scripts. Nakikiagaw lang kami na scripts sa TV. Okay ka na dito. Pwede ko pa hiramin? We, we have our own scripts, <laughs> but yung notes nila, di ba? Pwede ko pa hiramin to if I didn't, which is rare, di ba? That I didn't study for a yeah. game. Pero we just share with them. We, we don't have like scripts for our own. Radio script. There is no such thing. It's the TV script that just has our name on it. But so we have to do our own, <laughs> our own uh, research pa rin. And we still don't get paid as much as TV. But hey, it's broadcasting. And if you're not doing it for, ano, for, uh, ano to, yung, para umaman, diba? It just to be able to convey that there's a game going on and then educate and entertain fans. I guess that's why I still do it uh, since 26 years already. Or 24 years, 23 years in the PBA. 
23 years. Where does that love come from? Because you talk about doing radio or doing sports on radio with so much love and so much passion, but where does it all come from? It comes from the fact that a lot of people, let's just say, let's put it this way. Uh, there was a game I did, I think it was in 1998 or 1999. Uh, just a random first game between Alaska and Pure Foods. This is in 1999. So uh, it was a buzzer-beating win by Alaska. Kenneth Durandes hit a shot at the buzzer. So I called it as well. It was, a, it was a pretty good call. Then a few weeks later, I get a letter. Noong time noon, wala pang email. Ha? This is 1999. Wala, yeah. wala pang anything. I mean, probably the internet was there, but people in the province didn't have access to internet. So I got a letter from a fan somewhere in South Cotabato. Some, one of those, basta mga may daungan. Uh, fisherman area in South Cotabato. And he was, mm -hmm. he was uh, relating that story that he loved the way I called the game. Uh, Alaska, he's a big Alaska fan. When Kenneth Durandes hit that shot, uh, he was so happy. He was jumping up and down. He was about to, the, the down na. The boat was heading to shore. But he, last two minutes in the game, so malapit na siya sa shore, he stopped and then listened to the game on his transistor radio, which is his prized possession. This is the only form of entertainment that he has uh, as a fisherman in, in South Cotabato. So when Kenneth Duremdes hit the shot, and I called that, that, that game on radio, he was jumping up and down in his boat that not only did his radio fall over, but every fish that he caught that day fell over. In the boat. He lost everything. He lost ah. one day's worth there. <laughs> All the fish and his radio, his prized possession radio. But you know what he said at the end of the letter? I'll never forget this. Okay lang po, basta nanalo Alaska. That for me is like, what a perspective, di ba? I mean, I would probably, my family would be pissed at me. I, I just lost uh, everything. The, the radio that you spent so long, just got lost because of your celebrating. Okay, lang nanalo Alaska. I felt at that moment, okay, this is now a mission. I have to keep on doing this so that fans everywhere felt the same way that that fisherman felt uh, on that day. And, talagang, and, and I agree with Magu. I would never leave radio. Well, actually, I don't make as much as Baku, so I, still, I don't leave radio because of, <laughs> because just of, of that. You know, you have educate and entertain, and I'll do that for as long as I can. Uh, you know, that, that's a really touching story, actually, because... It is, it is, it is. I, I still get goosebumps uh, recording Yeah, because that yeah. love of sports that you just described was so pure. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I can even find a personal story that can equate to that, because that, like... You lost an entire day worth of fish, right? Nasira pa yung radio mo. All yeah. because yeah. of that game winner. So that, that's, that's as pure as yeah. it gets. And think about it. That's just one. You have millions of people with the same story out there. I just happened to get the letter. I'm sure they wanted yeah. to write. I'm sure nowadays they'll probably send you an email. They're, they're sending us messages on Twitter every now and then. It's more interactive nowadays. But it's still the connection with the fans. We want to bring it as close to the fans as possible. Especially for Radio Stan. These guys are blind. You're really, literally dealing with a blind audience. I'll tell you another story, if I may, uh, about... Uh, yeah, about uh, uh, there, we have these uh, amazing uh, blind triathletes, if you're familiar with them, uh, the Nelmida Twins. You can look them up. They're, they're, they represent mm -hmm. the Philippines in all of the paratriathlon uh, events all over the world. All right? And then they were doing a, um, uh, an appearance, they, just uh, a paratri uh, Olympic in Subic. And I happened to be the host. I walked into the room. They were there. And then I say, uh, I say to everybody, just uh, usually, hello, everybody. I'm here. I just go like that. And then the twins, they're blind, remember? They turn. And one of them said, I think it was Joshua, said, Kuya Noel, I had never met these boys in my entire life. 
they turned and said, Kuya Noel? Yeah. Said, and I never, who are these guys? Who are these, who are these guys? I've never heard of them before. And then the mother comes over and says, they listen to you all the time on radio. That's the only way they can, uh, they can, uh, they're big PBA fans. The only way they can hear the, get the PBAs when they listen to the radio and you're one of their favorite uh, commentators. So para sa akin at that moment, it's like, okay, there's another reason to continue because there are actual blind people who listen to us and this is the only way that they can get their entertainment also. Not just the people stuck in traffic, not just the people who, you know, are um, on TV at the time, wala silang access to internet or stuck in the gas station, stuck in the hospitals or stuff, something like that. They're actual blind people who actually listen. So that's, uh, that's another reason to continue doing what I'm doing. When you're in those arenas yourself, you know, you're taking in the atmosphere, you're taking in all that energy. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, if you compare and contrast that with your stereotypical radio um, atmosphere, it's very controlled, right? In a, mm -hmm. in a normal radio station. So mm -hmm. how, um, how do you work in an arena where it's so bustling? There's so much going on. Tapos, uh, kailangan mo rin kontrolin yung energy so that you're able to translate that atmosphere to your blind audience. Well, um, uh, never be late for the call time, number one. Always be earlier than the call time. That really helps a lot. If we're doing a 4.15 game in the PBA, our call time is usually 3. Mas radio mas paluwag. It's 3.30 because we don't have to have makeup and stuff like that. I make it a point to get there before 3, at the very least. To get there before 3, sarado pa Starbucks, Araneta. So you, can't, you, can't, you have to go to 7-Eleven or something like that to get, to get a drink at that time. Patay pa yung aircon. But I get there so that I can already acclimatize, all right, Araneta, then take in the history of Araneta. And I do this every time, Stan. It's been, I've been going to Araneta for 24 years already, and I have been doing this every time. I go into Araneta, I see that colored wall there, where still Joe Frazier or Muhammad Ali. And so, so I get the sense of history already. Then I walk onto the court. Means I'm going Could be Terrence Romeo. Uh, the FEU guys are usually there early. Terrence Romeo, our, our Pogoy, they're already doing their, their shots. So I make chica with them a bit, but then I hear the ball bouncing in an empty Araneta Coliseum na fluorescent light pa lang ang nakaon. Wala pa yung mga game lights. Yeah. So that's another thing that you're imbibing now. This place is gonna get full later because this is gonna be uh, a Hinebra game. So that, it's a Hinebra game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, this place is gonna be really full. There was a, really a crowd outside. So now you're taking all of these things in. All right? And then you go now. You're acclimatized now. Hindi ka na nagbamadali galing sa labas. That's why it's so important that you don't ever miss that call time. Because pag nagmadali ka, you miss all of those opportunities. Now you have to work. And your energy might not be in the right place. Diba? Now that I'm able to get the history of the place or just get acclimatized the place, I look at the paper already. I've already done my notes the night before. I just double check on that. And then I start seeing people come in. Then I start talking to the players, the coaches. Why is this important to them? Uh, why, why is that? Wh ano, parang, how many people do you have now in family? Uh, there, there's some players who would say that, oh, my dad just flew in from the States. It's the first time he's going to see me play in five years. So I include all of that already. By the time I sit down and put on that headset, I'm so loaded with stuff already that I can't wait to go. I have all of this information now. I can't wait to go. But as you know, you can't just say it all in one go. Yeah. You, have you to, can't blow your load. Yeah. yeah, you can't blow your load. You're bound. You can't lose your bound just like that. So you might be working a double overtime game. You'd better be able to, to, be able to, to fill it in later on. But when you get there, when you're sitting down, then you put on that headset and then you see all of these people, the lights are on already. It's a completely different um, atmosphere altogether. And you know you want to be part of it at that moment. And then you're ready to work. And then when they do that starting five and then they throw the ball up in the air, you're go. 
and then you're pumped already for the next five hours, you know that that's what, what you're going to be doing. You know you did a great game if on the way home you feel like you have no more energy left. <laughs> that's when you feel that you did a great game. What's the best part about covering, um, covering sports for radio? Like you've done this for such a long time, but what's your most favorite part of it? So radio, it, the, the best part talaga is that I get to talk. <laughs> you know, I'm so madaldal. I get to talk. The, the rule in radio is 80-20. 80% anchor, 20% analyst because you have to be as descriptive as possible. There is no such thing as dead air when you do radio coverage for, uh, for the PBA. So you have to be constantly talking about where the ball is. That's, that's one of the things that's all, often overlooked is where is the ball? It's not who has the ball, but where is the ball? So now I have to make a yeah. concerted effort. Uh, Castro. Castro Chris Ross. Five seconds on the shot clock. Castro to be at the rest of the key. Pasok. And that is going to be the lead now for TNT. So you're also dealing with the dynamics of it. How do you want to explain this to people? You're not doing it live. If you're doing it again, then you're going to try to explain it to them. What are the words that you want to use? And that has to go through your, your filter right away because you're seeing and, 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 uh, and talking to answer your question the best part about radio is that you can just keep on talking and talking and talking and you know that you're, there are people listening to you and you know you're helping people and you know you're touching lives by giving all this information and uh, for you to be colorful with the way you do it and your partners also helping out I mean for me that's great really it's like non-stop talking for almost five hours when you're doing a doubleheader. And you know they say five hours? Sa TV, paisa-isa silang game. What's wrong with me? Paisa-isa silang game. Yeah. They'll, make, they'll still make a ton more than what we do for two games. <laughs> but we have to do two games. Otherwise, it's sulit yung punta mo. <laughs> right, get on. Yeah. So we have to do the two games and then we have to have that energy level. You know, the hardest games, a pair of games to cover is that you came from an overtime game in the first game and you're covering a 30-point blowout by halftime in the second game. That's the worst combination. How do you make that exciting? Uh, How do you make that fun? When it's a That's where your baon comes in. <laughs> that's where your baon comes in. Uh, you're talking, you talk to these people, or that's where your research, your baon, your knowledge in your back pocket comes in, and your relationship with your co-anchor or your, your co-commentator, that's when that comes in. Because, again, for radio, you cannot stray away from the action. But there are times, na kunyari, blow out, and then you say, shoot. Because TV, they do that, they just talk over it. Uh, but Salmon, yes. you still have to say you still have to say how much time is left you still have to say, say the score and another uh, technique uh, that makes us uh, that, that uh, we use to make it interesting is that we use mathematics start of the fourth quarter uh, Northport is ahead 17 points against Colombian Jeep pero kung titignan mo yan unti-unti, kaya yan we've seen a lot of things happen so we give that kind of examples na I covered the 28 point uh, fourth quarter game before that diba nanalo pa rin yung kalaban ng 8 points kahit 28 yung hinabol nila fourth quarter so you give some kind of hope and then when there's a run and this is not being biased to a team kunyari the game is between Colombian Jeep and and Northport Northport's up by 17 every beautiful thing that Colombian Jeep does is amplified Okay, yeah. that's a technique. That's a that's a method that to use is to keep them there. But yeah, I mean, the, the lead is seventeen. That's mean a three point shot. Naging fourteen. That is amplified. It's as if he tied the game. Your energy, at least. 
Diba? And okay. then when Northport counters on the other end, it's not that you're downplaying it. It's not going to be as big as that Colombian Jeep 3. And then when there's like another thing that happens until unti-unti na nakakahabol. If talagang wala, you have to surrender already by the time that's like what, four minutes to go. Huwag mo na paasahin yung tao. Diba? Start talking about already <laughs> what they could. Also, na yun. Oh, medyo, diba? 32 na yun lamang, four minutes, come on, diba? <laughs> right. Diba? You have to just already say now, where did the Colombian Jeep go wrong? How many players do you think they need that they have some guys who are still on the injured list, but there are also talks that there are guys who are free agents uh, that are know, that are looking to sign with Colombian Jeep, especially those who were not drafted. So you can actually talk about that. And then also the positives also for Northport. Boy, look at this 32-point lead. We still have three, three minutes remaining. What is Northport doing right at this point? You think they're primed now for a championship. So there are usapan. But just to keep everybody right, so locked like where in. Do we, where do we go yeah, from just here? Just to keep everybody locked in. That they might pick up something. Right? Like, oh, Northport. They're calling Northport a contender now. Right? So, until the game ends. Right? It's more tiring actually to cover uh, the second game the blowout. Right? Uh, but but, it's, I can but imagine. it still has to be done. I can totally I'm imagine. sure in your case, how many games do you cover in one day? Solo. Right? Uh, two. Three? Two, two games solo. Two. And then you're gonna yeah. do an overtime game in the first, and then tambakan in the second. You're gonna you're gonna get really tired doing that. But again, it's the commitment that you have to your craft that keeps you going. Before we move on, here's another show from Podcast Network Asia. What's up, boomers? This is Usapan Retro. Hey, what's up? I'm Sonia. Hey, my name's Ron. Yo, we're boomers and we love to talk about video games and otaku culture and we're from the Philippines. Catch us live on the Kumu app every Saturday at 5 p.m. and the podcast every Monday at 8 a.m. Catch your nerds there! If there's one thing that I've always loved from everything I've picked up from you over the mm-hmm. years, it's what is at stake? That question. Mm-hmm. So like now, every time I watch a game, I always ask myself, all right, what's at stake here? Even though it's obvious, like uh, when we're watching the NBA playoffs, it's mm-hmm. obvious, mm-hmm. Naman, eh, right? But like a regular season yeah. game, whether NBA or PBA or UAAP, I always ask myself now, what is mm-hmm. at stake? And is the commentator telling me what is at mm-hmm. stake? So like that's something that I have to say I learned mm-hmm. from you. And like uh, it's never left me mm-hmm. since I attended those, uh, those mm-hmm. workshops. And you know, it's always about what's at yeah. stake. Naman talaga. I mean, why are we playing this game? Of course, you want to win. But there's also something called the bonus. Some people are like, like, I know that there's this player, his wife is about to give birth. That bonus could really help a lot. But is hospital, I mean, you can humanize that even further. Right? Should they win here, that bonus is going to help with the, with the birth of their child. Or, or, or yung tipong parating ng 18th birthday ng kanyang anak. Laking tulong nito sa debut. Something like that. Right. Just, just to add to it. Yeah, uh, totally makes mm-hmm. sense. I want to pivot now into the other jobs that you found yourself doing, things like being the barker or the court announcer, as, uh, as what they call it in other mm-hmm. countries, and uh, your work as, a, as an imaging voice for solar mm-hmm. sports. Because you're one of the people who's proven that the versatility and getting to do all these different things, even if you're just using your voice, it can actually give you a lucrative career. So how do you branch out and start doing this? Like being a barker at a, at a PBA game one day, and then doing the stuff for solar sports the next day, and then doing volleyball the next day after well, that. You, you, sometimes it happens on the same day. <laughs> like I have to do a voiceover for solar and then run to the volleyball game and then run to the PBA game after. No, it's just Siguro. I've been in this, in this industry a, a long time already. I, I, I credit a lot of people who, are, who helped me in 2003, actually, Congressman Rob 
Robbie Puno was still with the PBA at the time. I don't think anybody remembers this. That Congressman Robbie Puno was the marketing head of the PBA in 2003, or was one of the marketing people, because I remember it was Jude Torquato, who was actually the marketing head of the PBA in 2003. They asked me if I wanted to realize my dream. It was really more of Robbie. But you keep on telling me before that you always wanted to be Ray Clay and stuff like that. Yeah, you want to try it? Uh, why, why are you asking me? Because Vince de Guzman is leaving. We want to we wanna make sure the train, Vincent Price, the legendary Vincent Price, he was leaving for the, for, to migrate to the States at the time. So they wanted to see if they could train somebody new. So at the time, no, when I was doing radio, and I said, okay, see, I'll give it a shot. And then um, was able to do it. And yun pala, they, they just found out later on that that's actually a dream of mine to become a Coliseum announcer. And little did I know that because of my pagiging um, barker, as they call it, FIBA because we're the only country that calls it akin to a dog, a barker. <laughs> Do you even know where that I comes have, from? Because I've always... Well, I, I, you know, the people who call it a barker, uh, and when I started out, parang nagahanap ng mga tao sumakay ng jeeps ako, bawi mga ganun. Barker yun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it. Pretty much the same thing. You're giving out information. They just called it Barker and then it sort of stuck. So when the FIBA people came over here... Does that make sense? Yeah, the FIBA people came here. Why are you called a Barker? You are called a venue announcer or a PA announcer. Why is it called the right. Barker here? Uh, that's that's what they call it. I've never heard it akin to a dog. <laughs> that's what... It's so yeah, weird. that's what they call it. But that's the colloquial term for it. So... Uh, yeah, I, I never thought that the pagiging venue announcers, again, just to make it politically correct, the pagiging venue announcer would actually be my ticket to international. Diba? I always thought I would be a, an international sportscaster. I uh, wanted to do Olympics, wanted to do, and I have in, in, in a way. I've done uh, some SEA Games outside of the country already at the time, but I never knew that the pagiging barker or pagiging venue announcer would actually open doors to international. Because the first time uh, I went international was in 2010 for the uh, FIBA Asia Champions Cup. Before that, I did the Emir Cup, which was a test run for the FIBA Asia Champions Cup in Doha, of all places. I'd never been to the Middle East in my entire life. So I was stuck there 13 days in the Middle East. And because of my, my work there, FIBA took notice that whenever that there would be in the Philippines, that I would be the only one. In 2013, I asked for help. So I, go, I cannot be the only one. This is the FIBA Asia Championship. We're doing four games a day. So I need help here. So I told SBP, we need to bring in two more people uh, to help out. And so it was Rolly Manlapas, myself, and Rick Stryker who did the, who did the Barker job there, uh, who did the venue announcer job there. And then... <laughs> now you're conscious. Yeah, and, and eventually, um, uh, the, ASEAN Basketball, the ASEAN Basketball League said they needed a venue announcer for Hong Kong because Hong Kong was a new team. So uh, I took the job for Hong Kong. They said, oh, Taiwan also needs one. So I did the Hong Kong and Taiwan. Oh, next year, there's a new team coming in from, from uh, Macau, but they're based in China. Can you do China? So now I'm servicing three countries, diba? without yeah. even becoming a, a sportscaster yet. And eventually, the ABL made me a sportscaster. But you know, it opened doors for international uh, work. Yung pagiging venue announcer. And yung sa Solar naman, um, I had been a producer for Solar before I did anything for them. The first job I ever had in, in Solar Sports was I was the executive producer of Sports Desk from 2005 yeah. to uh, when it died in 2007. So and then after that, um, after a few years of hiatus, they asked me, hey, can you try out for the voice of, of Solar? Because Mano Abelio is leaving. So as you all know, that Mano is now with, uh, with Fox. So when Mano left yeah. the, the job, uh, he said, uh, he told me, actually, audition, I'm leaving. So see, I'll, I'll wait for their call. And when they called me, I auditioned. And it seemed like a normal transition for them from Mano to me. Because uh, one advantage probably that I had is I knew the sports, the, the athletes. Diba? If you uh, have a name like Stipe Miosik, how do you pronounce that? 
if if you're not a sports guy, you have no idea. It's type miosik, miokik, mm-hmm. yeah. And how do you pronounce it, Stan? I don't know. I I was relying on. <laughs> you I thought, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were uh, you were um, an MMA guy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not an MMA it's, guy. Its name no. is Stipe Miocic. Really? So if you look at it on paper, it's type miokik, yeah, but the CIC, uh, like that that uh, suffix uh, for for the uh, Slavic names, it's normally Chich, right? Like like Luka Doncic yeah. or Nikola Vucevic, right? <laughs> what ah, if you're just a natural okay. guy who's got a great voice, right? Probably an NBA fan would understand that. But then there's also uh, the golf game, the golf names. They're also like the baseball names. I mean, uh, like right. Daisuke Matsusaka. I mean, you, the, the, he's a baseball pitcher. His name is spelled Daisuke. So you'd probably read right. it Daisuke, but it's really pronounced Daisuke. Because yes, that yes. is that's the way it's supposed to be pronounced there. So that gave me probably an advantage in solar uh, because I knew most of the athletes uh, that, that they were I would be voicing anyway. And uh, they, they got me. And because uh, my voice had already changed, I could now change it already. Uh, and you know this, Stan, you can actually, uh, like, uh, I don't call it a filter. To make your voice sound different. You don't do physically. No, you, tipong, if you're doing something for voiceover, it's different from yeah. your speaking voice. It's different from your broadcast exactly, yes. voice, and it's now different from your uh, from your station ID voice. So, right. Like I think the way I would process it is it's kind of like another another filter. Yeah, I guess. I, I just try to avoid the word filter. Pero para mi nilalagay ka to, to make it to make yeah, it yeah, different, yeah. Right? This is weird because like the two of us are, are broadcasters, but we're uh-huh. finding ourselves at a loss for words to describe <laughs> I, the sensation. This because it's so hard. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to teach this also to people. That people come up to me, was of software grad scouting, how do you take out the filter? Okay, it's not that easy. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't actually know where to start. And I'm surprised some of our grads actually found a way themselves. And then yeah. when I work with them, so how do you do, how'd you do that? How'd you do what, sir? How did you take out your filter? I, I had a filter? Okay. <laughs> All right. You didn't know you had it and you're successful with it. You're, I'm a fan of yours now. So it's, it's something uh, you, you have different voices for different elements of your work. Uh, and I think you were asking me, if not you, somebody else was asking me, uh, can you be a sportscaster and still be the voiceover guy for your station? And that's not a conflict. Yeah, because I'm sportscaster Noel is different from voiceover Noel. My contract stipulates that I just can't do voiceovers for other networks. But I can right. work for other networks as a sportscaster. I can work for other networks as, uh, as their announcer uh, on the field or something like that. But I just can't do recorded voiceovers for them. I can only do that for Solar. So that's the way I'm able to spread things around um, because I was conscious about I needed to change my voice. And when I figured out how to change my voice and when I could use the different changes in the different jobs, then you get a lot more jobs. Isn't that great? Yeah, it is. Totally great. Uh-huh. Um, does it ever annoy you when people meet you for the first time and they go, Oh, Noel, sample naman, no? Yeah, well, I sort of get used to it. I'm telling you, I'm old. Believe it or not, when I was starting out, I actually do it. <laughs> but, but then I get irritated by it. I just watch the game. Yeah. But now I just say, yeah, I, I just sort of just laugh it out and change the topic real quick. But um, it's more of, uh, I remember 2008, they said, you're the you're the you're the voice of Mr. Clean. And when people found out I was the voice of Mr. Clean, I always had to do that Mr. Clean voice. Talaga, that's like <laughs> nobody. Everybody would find out. Hey, go you, Mr. Clean. Siya sabi mo gulat kano. So I had to. All right, gulat kano. I had to. I had to do the gulat ka for like an entire year. So 
Yeah, and I see the eye roll. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, um, whoever's listening to this can't see the eye roll, but you just totally did when you yeah, did the sample. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, it's great that you get recognized for it. And then, you know, if people say sample, sample. If they're friends, I mean, you can laugh at them. But if it's people who are aspiring to, to be like you or, or want to be, have a piece of you, just, I, I don't understand. One of the things that I love to do, talaga, is when a complete stranger comes up to me, says he knows me, and then... Uh, now here's an opportunity to touch a life. How do I do it? I, I don't brush them off. And I don't know. Probably there are very few people who, who are like that. But when somebody comes up to me and asks me um, for a piece of me, I've actually given a piece of me and something more. Pa, because there's an, there's an opportunity to touch a life. And maybe if I touch that life, um, propagate. Uh, I, I don't know if the, you can call that idealist or, 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 or deluded. I don't know. But uh, every time, that, that's, an, that's an opportunity to touch a life. And natin. If there's a person who wants to be some uh, be a broadcaster someday tapos i just rub them off diba baka ma, ma, baka ma discourage eh. or worse baka maging broadcaster tas gawin niya akong <laughs> target diba <laughs> that's <laughs> right yeah no i i never looked at it yeah. that way so that's a different point of view yeah I, I there's always if somebody wants a piece of me na alam mo genuine naman and then there's an opportunity to do that. So I'll give you, and I'll give you a little bit more also. So you'll remember this. Uh, you'll remember this day. Maybe it inspires you. If you want to be a broadcaster, that's why I always love it. Please come, and I want to teach you how to be a broadcaster. I'm not claiming that I'm the best broadcaster, but I think I know enough tools to teach you guys how to be a broadcaster. And probably when you pursue it, and I see you out there, and you're struggling, I can probably help you already. Diba? At least nakapasok ka na. Ayun, nakapasok ka na. Parang, alam mo naman sa UP, diba? Sa UP, ang hirap lang makapasok eh. Pag nakapasok ka na sa UP, yeah. madaline eh. Diba? So, right. yung mga right. iba naman, struggle oh, yeah, magtulungan na tayo. At least, nandito ka na sa loob. Diba? As we wind down okay. here, uh, one of my last questions is about taking care of that voice. Because for you, that's basically your mm-hmm. livelihood. So, how do you take care of that voice and make sure that you don't go for a week na namamaos ka, you can't talk, because doctor's orders or whatever? Well, uh, there have been times when, I know, when I have been so hard-headed that it actually, uh, I actually lost it for a week. There was actually, I was, I was telling my students uh, the other, uh, in another webinar in 2015, uh, I was working a, a job in Robinson's Manila for, uh, uh, for a billiards event, all right? And I already felt my voice was already uh, started, sort of conking out already. But then during the event, I got a call, 10,000 bucks, you go to Baguio tonight, you do this for, you know, for, for this. You know, some, a car is going to pick you up right there. Go to Baguio tonight. Just stay overnight. Then we ca- you come back. So my voice was already fluctuating. So I said, I th- I'll take it. I don't have to drive. Okay, that's fantastic. So they picked me up. I, I had to buy clothes in Robinson's, uh, yeah. Robinson's Manila, because I didn't have time to go back home anymore. Diba? Uh, I had asked the driver to bring me there anyway. Because coding, I, know, I think, yeah, coding all that day. So... Uh, I had bought enough stuff to, uh, no, to bring to Baguio. So they picked me up right after my event, went to Baguio, did the event. The next day, it was so cold. This is December in Baguio. It was so cold. The next day after the event, I had lost Yikes. my voice completely. As Yikes. in completely. Uh, and um, by the time I got to Manila, I, I knew I had a gig two days later. I had to say I can't do it. Then an offer came, an offer came, an offer came. I think seven offers came over Christmas. Not one Jesus of them. Christ. So to make that extra 10,000, I lost oh more God. than 40 grand. Diba? So that taught me a very, very valuable lesson about you know, trying to keep your voice in check. If your voice, you feel already that your voice is about to go. You're 
already strained it, you've already strained it, you're at 60% already, consider resting it already. I, I'm, I'm saying the word consider because there are times, and you know this time, yeah. you can't. You really can't because you have to, tuloy tuloy yan eh. Okay, if you can, you can say no to one and just rest it at least three days. And you tipong also rest should be a part of your regimen. I'm saying this because I'm old also. Pero uh, if you can have like six to eight hours of sleep talaga, that does wonders for your voice to recharge it talaga. Of course, oral hygiene yeah. goes without saying, right? But but when you uh, but when you have an opportunity to rest, rest it talaga. Now if you're you're struggling already, you still have to. tawirin. Now you have to go through all of these external stuff. If ever hear, of, yeah, you've heard of pepakwa. I've got it already, in my bag. And then you've all of these. Yeah, you've got pepakwa. You have the Camino Sun spray. Yeah. Yeah, all of those things um, they come in handy, but I don't think you can take them together. It doesn't. It doesn't speed up the process. <laughs> well, when you're when you desperate, you're gonna try everything. Uh, yeah. No, the thing is, when you have to like the work, sunod sunod. In between work, one of my best advice: do not talk at all, not even whisper. Kunyari, you're done with your radio job at ten, then you have a yeah. six p.m. hosting, right? From ten a.m. to six p.m. or from ten a.m. to the call time at five o'clock. You are talking to nobody. You're just drinking water, probably taking a nap in your car, but just consistently drinking uh, lukewarm water with a little bit of salt if you want that uh, thing. And then probably a shot of pepakwa every hour, but you are not talking at all. So by the time you get there five, medyo, ano, medyo buelo buelo ka na with your warming up and talking in a very soft voice. By the time you get the mic, practice how yeah. to cheat it, diba? You know how to cheat the microphone, practice how to cheat that microphone. And then when you're done with the day, by all means, rest it. That is the best advice I could give anybody bosses. And I've learned this from experience. There are times before that uh, I've lost my voice, not only a week. There was a time I'd lost it for a month. What did you do? How did you work? Yeah, I remember this. Um, I, it's a good thing. Um, July is not really a sports-heavy time except if you're doing the PBA. And at the time, I wasn't doing the PBA. Diba? So it wasn't really a sports-heavy time. It's just a, lot, a few boxing matches that I missed. Uh, you voice over because of solar. I just had to cheat the mic and, and stuff like that. But I had lost it for a month. And I was taking all sorts of stuff. My kidneys were starting to feel terrible already because of what I was taking. Um, then I just discovered that you just have to keep on drinking, drinking, and drinking water lang talaga, every day. That's the best cleanser. And then the oral hygiene thing, that's really important. Diba? The Bactidol part works a lot. Really, when you're desperate already, you gargle. Uh, is it Bactidol? Yeah, Tama, I, think so. I think so. Yung, yeah, you have that little bottle of Bactidol. It's probably not no. in your arsenal right now. No, it's is not. it in your arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> See, that is a preventive one. No one. When you're done with your work, okay, you've, you've worked it out. Diba? You drink Bactidol, 30 minutes later, then you can have a Frappuccino. But uh, as much as possible, don't have anything cold. I mean, there are some people who say that they don't believe that. I, I just want to be on the safe side. Uh, just take as much lukewarm stuff as you can and then keep that Bactidol, that Camilo San, and that uh, uh, dito, yung Pepakwa in your bag at all times. And as much as possible, don't talk. That's the only way you can rest between jobs. Just don't talk. The, the extreme one, if you really, I don't know if you tried this, Stan. I don't want to try this, but somebody taught me this. You get French perfume. No, I've not eau, tried this. Eau de toilette. No, but you bad, heard this bad. story, right? Okay. Well, eau de toilette. The one yeah. that we have a spray. And then you have that little punching bag at the back of your throat, yes. right? It's called the uvula. You have somebody. Okay. Aim at it. Uh-huh. Fire. And you'll okay. throw up. Uh-huh. For sure you'll throw up. 
but your voice is back 50% automatic. <laughs> I think automatic. I tried that with a different then, solution, yung Diflam, the Diflam spray. I would aim at the uvula. Yeah, the Diflam, and, and it comes also, the, because you are using Camilo Sun, so it's medyo, ano ka na, yeah. medyo immune ka na when you're using Camilo Sun because you're spraying straight at the vocal cords. Not at the uvula, at no, the I vocal cords. I sprayed at the uvula talaga. You know I, the like, I like the sensation. Me. Parang may sipa siya eh. Yeah, but it's not that because when you dry that up, it affects your vocal cords. The vocal cords are the two walls uh -huh. at the back. That's what you aim for. That's why they give you that oh, stick. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you aim for that. You aim for the vocal cords at the back. If you aim for the uvula and then that one gets dry, everything else gets dry. The thing is with the French perfume, when you aim at the uvula, it irritates the shit out of every, every living object in that area that everything becomes oh, active. Oh, okay. <laughs> But the downside of that is you're going to have to throw up, okay? Now, about uh, an hour later, you get your 50% voice done. Guess what? You have to do it one and more then, time. And then you're fucked. <laughs> then, then you're at probably at 70-80% for that night. And then you're fucked. That is the best solution. And <laughs> no, no, no. When you're done with that night already, you go back and then you do everything else. But you're not going to get sick. You're just going to throw up twice. But again, if, for those of you listening right now, that is the best thing. That's a theater. That is okay. a theater remedy. Because it's not only us radio, uh, TV people who lose our voices. Boy, the guys at theater yep. shout every day. They're projected yep. every day. And they're probably doing like three shows a day sometimes, five times a week. So they, need, they, they suffer more than we do. So if it came from a theater practitioner, I'll take your word for it already. <laughs> But I hope I never get to do that. So I'm, again, to answer your question, rest as much as you can, especially if you're advancing in age like myself. Hey, I don't want to keep you too long because uh, you know, you, I know you're a busy guy. So this is the part where I tell you to, uh, to please let our listeners know about everything you've been keeping yourself busy with. How can they get in touch with you? And how can they learn more from, uh, from Noel Zarate? So as you know, uh, Stan, uh, you've been a graduate of this process also. I'm part of the Newbies Broadcasting Academy. Um, we've been having to adapt to the new normal now. Uh, we've been doing some webinars already uh, for sports broadcasters. You can check us out on Facebook, the Newbies Broadcasting Academy. Everything we're doing is there. And I've also teamed up, the taking the Newbies Broadcasting Academy and teaming it up with the Vocal Alliance community to come up with a VO Pro series. Now, this is happening every Saturday of September. I sort of give an introduction to sports broadcasting and analysis. This is stuff that's going to bore Stan oh, when he attends. No, no, no. But, it's something, <laughs> but it's something, of course, that, that will help you probably open your eyes and say, it's actually supposed to make you realize that, hey, maybe that could be something for me. Maybe something I could get into. Or maybe a career change. Maybe something I could take up in college. You know? uh, it's, it's a series called uh, the Sports Broadcasting and Announcing uh, VO Pro Series for Vocal Alliance. It's on our uh, Facebook page. You can find out how you can register. So basically, it's just that. I'm all Saturdays doing that. Um, also, we have a show on Eternity of Basketball. It's a vodcast where we get the OGs of, of, of basketball and, and we just get to talk to them. So this coming Saturday... Uh, that is uh, Friday's today. So Saturday, we will have the great Alejo Ponky Alulor on our show, the lefty. And uh, we do have, uh, after that, uh, Dante Gonzalgo, former Hinebra player, is going to be on our show. So we have all of these former retired players, coaches, uh, who are just sharing their lives. So the show is called An Eternity of Basketball. Check us out as well. And uh, I believe that's Yeah, it. that's I mean, you know, with, with sports not being back yet, uh, you know, there, there's way less on our plate. 
Oh yeah, the PBA. The PBA is uh, is going to open allegedly on October 9. I really don't have any information. I'm not privy to that, but I heard it's October 9 and it will be in a bubble. So there's they're saying that it could be in Araneta uh, and then it could be in Clark or it could be in I hope it's Baguio. <laughs> <Para malamig. laughs> that would be a great bubble. Yeah, exactly. But I also heard there's Dubai, so I'm not quite sure about that part, but we're going to be doing it in a bubble. Um, the the PBA will restart. That is uh, for certain already. Um, so sports will be back in the country by the second quarter of this year. I'm uh, sorry, the fourth quarter of this year. Anything that allows guys like yourself to get back to work and keep putting food on the table and keep doing what you guys love, I'm all for it. So I do hope that this happens sooner rather than mm-hmm. later. But for now, uh, I'm not going to take up uh, mm-hmm. too much more of your time. I just got to say thank you, yeah. uh, Noel Zara. I had fun. I had fun. You're, you're a great interviewer. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's, that's high praise coming from you because I was about to say that I, I think you're, uh, you, you've done enough to call yourself a legend in this industry. Definitely someone I look Come up on. to. Definitely a mentor uh, whose uh, input always means a lot to me. So, Noel, thank you so much for joining me. It's been great. And I, I'm just excited to hear your voice again in the capacity of sports, man. Technical foul on Stan C for talking too much in the extra. Stan C, <laughs> out of the playing court. I'm just kidding, Stan. You did a great job. Thanks, Noel. Thanks again to Noel Zarate for joining me on this week's episode of On Deck. If you want to join his sports casting workshops, his next one is this Saturday, September 26, and it's the last one for his series that he's doing as part of Vocal Alliance's VO Pro workshops. So check it out on Facebook to search for Vocal Alliance or Vocal Alliance Community. Hit them up, fill out the form, and submit your registration fee, and you'll get a taste of what I went through when I attended the Newbies Broadcasting Academy. Now, before I get out of here, let me remind you once again that I've still got my Lazada affiliate link up and running. So if you want to support the podcast by buying stuff on Lazada, which we've all been doing since we've all been stuck at home, all you have to do is use this link before you go to the app or the site. That is tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada. Make sure you check out the items and have them delivered to your doorstep because that's how I get a little bit of commission to keep the show up and running as well, all right? So that's how you can help out the show and how you can help out Podcast Network Asia. Speaking of Podcast Network Asia, this episode of On Deck is produced by them. Shout out to Babyface producer Nikai Lucanias for helping me put this together. And shout out to you for keeping us on the air. And I say that with air quotes because this is a podcast. Thank you for downloading, streaming, subscribing, sharing the podcast, letting people know that I exist, that this podcast exists, and for continuing to fall in love with radio the way I did over the last 10 years. In the meantime, you can check out my work on Wave 89.1 as one half of the morning takeover alongside my partner, Debbie Ten. We're on air Monday to Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. on Wave 89.1. And you can also check out my other podcast here on Podcast Network Asia, The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, which I co-host alongside my friends, Romoran, Raf Gamos, and Chino Liao. Our latest episode features Filipino-American wrestling star Fala Ba of Impact Wrestling, one half of the Kuyas alongside TJP, and we'll talk about growing a Filipino in New Jersey and his journey to becoming a pro wrestling star on TV. That's already available on Spotify by the time you hear this. And as for me, the next episode of On Deck features another one of my mentors, one of the people who broke me into the radio industry, calling in directly from Doha, Qatar. DJ Chloe joins us on deck. In the meantime, I've got to put this episode to bed. My name is Dan C. 
thank you very much, and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 